This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's there. We give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Start things out by going right into the phone calls. Uh, Let's talk to Ike in Arizona. Ike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Super. What's on your mind? Well, I believe it was yesterday you had um, asked uh, what exactly a state is. Okay. Well, there was sort of a general conversation going on about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Essentially, the only thing that a state is is a country. Okay. Basically... The idea here is that the United States was originally nothing more than a united group of different countries. Makes sense. Uh, I mean, that's what the Confederacy was, yeah. Like Europe. Mm -hmm. What is a country? I'm sorry? What is a country? Country is basically a region of area that is designated by some form of government. Okay, so like a landmass that is uh, dominated by a group of people calling themselves government. Exactly. Okay. The idea behind the United States was that it was originally a group of countries that were overseen by a meta-government called the federal government. Okay. The ironic thing is, it has basically started assuming that the states are simply a part of one government, and at the same time, on the global level, you see the UN starting in that very same direction. This is true. And that's pretty and disturbing. Pretty disturbing. Yep. Considering uh, that no Americans have ever voted for anyone who's in the UN. So, Ike, did you have somewhere you were going with all this, or are you just clarifying? Just clarifying. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for, for the that. call. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Sam in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Sam. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your hey, mind? Sam. I called in uh, a couple weeks ago, and we kind of hatched a plan for the jury summons notice, and that was put into action today. Ah. So, so uh, uh, recap for uh, the listeners. Yeah. So, the thing we came up with, uh, I had a number of options that I was considering we took the safest route, which was to go to F- for me to go to Fija.org, download some of their brochures and uh, about jury nullification, and Fija.org is, of course, the Fully Informed Jury Association. Mm-hmm. Print those up, take them in, and uh, distribute them to the potential prospective jurors that were, were in the room. Right, because you had uh, been summoned to jury duty yourself, so you figured you'd make the best of the occasion by helping ex- uh, to helping uh, the other potential jurors understand their right to nullify the law as a member of the jury. And that means that when you're sitting on a jury and you go to uh, deliberate, that you can vote no based on the you know the fact that you don't agree with the law itself. So you know, in a drug case, for instance, uh, if you didn't think that there should be laws against drugs, you could simply say not guilty based on the fact that you don't agree with the law. That's what jury nullification is, and that's what you want to try to promote. Exactly. So uh, I thought about it some more over the last couple weeks and came up with a plan. Uh, I picked out a nice corporate costume for today that's, you know, pretty common looking, I guess. And uh, I printed up 250 Fiji brochures, and then I separated them into groups of five so that they were sorted and I could pull a defined number out pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, now, the government indoctrinates are the people that go to the government schools pretty well, so I figured, you know, how can I use that to my advantage? And so I came up with the idea. The last time I went, the room was divided down the middle with probably 200 people in it. Okay. So I was going to start at the back, count the number of people in each row, 
pull out the right number of brochures and say, hi, would you please take one and pass it down? <laughs> Genius. Genius. Just like they do in government school. Exactly. And what are they going to do once they get it? When you get something in government school, you take it out and do what with it? Read it. Sure. So uh, that way I could, in you know, one fell swoop very quickly, because I've already got them counted out, uh, I can kind of pollute, contaminate the entire room before they really know what's going on. Brilliant. <laughs> well, you're educating them as um, to their thousand-year-old right as a jury to uh, to judge the law itself. Yes, thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and the best part is, I, I get paid for all this. Apparently, yeah, very little. <laughs> well, my bill rate's two hundred dollars an hour. What do I get? Like eighty percent of that? If you're lucky. <laughs> Isn't it like twenty dollars a day? A day. That's only if you get on the jury. You don't get paid for going to the selection process, as I understand it. Wait, don't you guys have uh, laws of, of around minimum wage? Isn't that less than the minimum wage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine how the government can get, get away with paying you less than the minimum wage. Oh, because they're the government. And they it's can your get duty. away with anything. Hmm, interesting. All right, so uh, one of the things, that, one of the options I wanted to do was write on the, on the uh, questionnaire, I'm not a slave, and send it back. Well, I found, as I was looking over it, they have a... Uh, a web form that you can go and fill the form out online. And Ian, I think you really need to sit up here and take some notes. You've done some cool things with the Free Talk Live website, okay. like you know, bbs.freetalklive and store.freetalklive.com and so forth, to make things easy to find. Right. Well, <clears throat> the way they've done it is just brilliant here. Let me read you the, uh, the web address to fill this out. It's, I'm going to change one thing for privacy. It's www.co.county.tx forward slash jury underscore services forward slash index dot JSP. You just type Ooh. that simple little address in, Zip. navigate through three pages, and, and you're, you're right there. there ready to log in. Now this is, I'm sorry, the website, the purpose of this is to get out of jury duty? No, no, this is to fill out the questionnaire that they sent me in the mail. Oh, I see. So if if I you still, want to do an online version of it, otherwise you could have filled out the one they sent you? Exactly. I see. And then once I, fig- once I uh, had done my jury duty today, my plan was to wait a couple days cut out all the identifying information, write, I'm not a slave, and mail it back into them. Hmm. So they get it and think, oh, no, there's a revolt. Interesting. Um, let's see. Now, if you had, like, 200 people, if you were going to send out a form and have 200 people come and visit you, what might you include on the form? Time, location. Uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> if, if putting a map on there made sense, Mark, mm, the government would already would have done it. If, if they do give you a map, it's useless. It'll have some streets that you've never heard of before, um, you know, all lined up there. I, I've had to use government maps to uh, their little locales in the past, and it's just, it, you know, it's just flat useless. Yeah, and see, that's, that's probably why they didn't do it, because the maps are no good. It's much easier to have a phone number that you can call and press 1 to get directions, and then all you need to do to get directions is enter your nine-digit jury number, because I don't know how you could give somebody directions without getting their jury number first. Mm. So you can enter that. If you press zero, it says, we know you want to speak to a clerk, but uh, we're really busy right now. Tough luck. <laughs> Use the automated system. So if you enter the jury number wrong three times, they'll transfer you to the actual local office where I was going. Mm. I thought, great. But, um, you know, those people had jury selection going on. So they turn their phones off and put them all to voicemail. You're kidding me. So, so on the jury uh, notification, they did not tell you where you needed to go. They they, gave, they told them the address, but not the. Uh, they didn't give a map. Exactly. I no see. map, and then the directions you have to enter a nine-digit jury number for whatever reason. Got it. Okay. Uh, 
Where am I going here? Where is this in Texas? Can you give the uh, the town? Uh, it's in Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Okay. So Dallas, area, north of Dallas, one of the towns up there. All right. Uh, so yeah, off I went to my uh, jury obligation. I got there about ten minutes early, and uh, I walked up to the lady, handed her the little card. She tore it off and said, "Oh, you're good." Um, yeah, the, they called this morning early and canceled, so we don't need you. You're set for two years. Ah, so you actually couldn't get into the room where the you know the people were were supposed to gather for selection. Then. Exactly. Now you think it would be efficient to actually call the people so they don't have to drive 20 miles through rush hour traffic. Nonsense. And the rain. Oh, that would require obligation. Right. That would require them to care. Exactly. So that's obviously not the best way to do it. Uh, let's see. So then I just decided, well, I'm going to hand out my brochures anyway to the people that are still coming in. I started talking to a nice lady. Uh, the, the bureaucrats there noticed what I was doing, and within about 60 seconds, they sent a Department of Homeland Security officer out to talk to me. Really? It was, it was that fast that they responded to you? I mean, you yeah. hadn't been milling about for a while? I, I was out there for five minutes or so. The supervisor comes out. The, the lady went in the room. She comes back out, another lady comes out, goes back in, and then within about 60 seconds, I think she went back, made a phone call, and the DHS guy came out. All right, I want you to continue the story here in a few moments. Your interaction with Department of Homeland Security, uh, they were called on you for standing in a public place, handing out brochures to potential jurors. Find out what happened. I actually know because he posted some video of the event online on YouTube. I'm sure he'll give us the uh, the address you can go and see that at here in a few moments. 800-259-9231. More with Sam and your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. And then we'll talk about suburban sex parties. Ooh. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download them right there on the front page of the website for free. In fact, uh, we just posted the November torrent uh, today. So you can go and grab the entire month of November all in one fell swoop uh, right there, front page of the site. No logging in, no membership fee, all for free at freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. We go back to Sam in Texas. He's on the Amplifier line telling us about his adventures in the courtroom today. Well, actually, you never made it to the courtroom, but you were in the courthouse, and uh, you had been called for jury duty. They told you when you got there that they no longer needed your services, but you'd brought along some fully informed jury association brochures to hand out to other potential jurors who are also arriving at that same time. And, of course, uh, for those that don't know, fully informed jury association, their website is fija.org, F-I-J-A.org. And the purpose of the organization is to help Americans understand that when they serve on a jury, there's one thing that... The judge just won't tell you as far as uh, your rights as a juror, and that is that you have the right to judge the law itself. So not just whether or not the person is guilty, but whether or not the law should even be on the books. You can say not guilty if you don't even like the law. That's what the point of jury nullification is, and that's what you were there uh, helping to spread, that idea, uh, today at the courthouse. Correct. When the Department of Homeland Security was called on you, what happened? So 
uh, he comes out and he says, you know, what are you passing out? And uh, the lady that I was speaking with, I had been talking to for about 10 minutes or so, uh, we both said, oh, it's jury nullification. And I, I said, do you want one? And he's like, yeah, let me have that. <laughs> so he took one, looked at it for a minute, and then he just... He's, he blocked my uh, movements. He wouldn't let me go where I wanted to. Hmm. He started harassing me. He was impeding my activity and not allowing me to hand out any further brochures. Uh, you know, he upset me a little bit, and he didn't really listen to any of my uh, complaints or any of the things, arguments that I was making uh, in counter to his point. And what was his point? Uh, that, well, he started off saying, uh, asking me, did you get... Who did you clear this with at the courthouse? <laughs> and I said, sir, this is public property. This courthouse and, belongs to me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, yeah, but this is a secured area. Oh. I said, I don't think that makes any interrupt of me. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, I don't think that makes a difference. Or I sure. don't think the First Amendment has except in a secured area right. tagged to the end of it. Um, I don't think that my flyers are a security threat. <laughs> so he immediately, he, he tells me to go come with him. And I said, no, I'm fine right here. And he goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, no, no, you need to come with me. I said, is that a request or a lawful order? He said, it's a lawful order. Oh. So he turns to walk, and I follow him. And at that point, I pull my camera out. I figure if he's going to start ordering me around, I'm getting this on video. Now, yep. here's, a, here's a, a question I have. You said he claims it's a secured area. Did you have to go through some metal yeah. detector to get in? And how did you get the camera through? I did. And uh, I walked in the door, and there was a metal detector uh, the conveyor belt x-ray and uh, about four police officers or security guards, something man in it. So, and I, I panicked for a minute. I'm like, uh-oh, they're going to see that and say something. But they didn't say anything and let me right through with it. I, wow. I had it in my computer bag. I emptied that out, filled it with flyers and the camera. And I figured if they search this, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. They just let me right through. So, Did it get x-rayed, the, the bag? It did. It did. I sent it right through and huh. they didn't say anything. Interesting. Now, I can tell you that here in uh, New Hampshire, I've been to the federal courthouse. This was just the the state Mm -hmm. or or the state of Texas that you were dealing with, the county. And um, the the federal courthouse, they don't even want cell phones in there. So you never would have been able to get through uh, from the the Fed security. So clearly not quite – the security is not quite as tight, though, after this incident. Who knows? Maybe they'll have an anti-camera There's never consistency with these rules. That's true. Mm -hmm. All right, so so the Department of Homeland Security guy uh, said, uh, essentially he told you that uh, he didn't want you to have that there, a security threat. Uh, you pointed out it was public property, and he took your brochure, and, and then what happened? Uh, he ordered me over to sit on a bench uh, outside of his office. He buzzes himself in to the door, and that's where I pull the camera out and uh, you know do a little commentary in the video. He comes back out and says, you know, you're okay. And uh, he really... How long were you standing waiting, or were you sitting or standing there waiting for him? It wasn't that long. Maybe three minutes at the most. Okay. And basically he said, you know, you're good to go. He didn't like the camera there, so we had a little incident over that. Yeah, Uh, I I thought that was interesting because uh, you had told him, uh, or he noticed the camera, obviously, and asked you to stop stop recording him, to which mm -hmm. you then responded. What was your response? You probably remember better than I. I think I said... uh, Sir, we're we're on public property, and he said, "I know, but I'm a private citizen." That was just amazing to me because he wasn't acting in his private citizen capacity at that time. Right. So, right. If, and if your he, continued presence here bothering me, <laughs> whether you're whether you're delivering me good news, um, comparative comparative to the the last bad news that you gave me, or not, you know, your your continued presence here in front of me 
as far as I'm concerned, constitutes consent. That's pretty much what you said, right, Sam? Uh, I think so, yeah. So I, I basically said, okay, if you're a private citizen, then I'm going to leave. You're free not to approach <laughs> me and stay away. And so as soon as I got up, he, ju- I mean, he jumped out of that chair like he sat on a tack and uh, stood right in front of me, held his hand up, no, you're not going anywhere. And <laughs> all, he, <laughs> all he had to tell me was that as long as I'm not uh, blocking anyone, harassing them, uh, impeding their activities, upsetting them, or generating complaints, that what I'm doing is perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we said fine. I went back, handed out a few more brochures. The lady I was talking to was hanging around watching to see what was going on. I explained it to her, and uh, we uh, by then it was past the, the time limit for the jurors to come in, and it, the stream had kind of died right. off. So we, we left, and that was it. Interesting. And you didn't get tased. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't get tased. Very fortunate. Uh, so I thought else? it was fascinating. I thought it was an interesting video, and you posted it over on your new YouTube account. Do you want to go ahead and plug that? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Obscured Truth. If you go to YouTube.com slash Obscured Truth, all one word, uh, this video is called Jury... Uh, what is it? There's only two videos. not going to be hard to find. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so what I want to say, though, is a uh, final thought is... Um, You know, what if every time there was a jury summons called, there was somebody like me or maybe even you, the people listening at home, there to hand out these brochures? How different would our world be? How many people would not be sitting in jail today, wasting their lives away, and instead be out contributing to society and making a difference in the world? It's an excellent question, and I wish more people would do that. I feel guilty for not being here uh, every single week doing it myself. Honestly, I don't even know where they have jury trials around here. I haven't even uh, figured that out yet. Probably the courthouse. So, yeah, but there's a district court, and I don't think there are jury trials there. Anyway, um, nonetheless, Sam, you should be congratulated for going out there and doing this all by yourself. Uh, the last call we had about jur- uh, someone handing out FIJA information was, was at least two people um, going out together. But going out and, and, you know, possibly facing arrest and harassment from the police for handing out this information, incredibly uh, courageous, maybe a little bit stupid. I'm not sure which, <laughs> which one this. is it. A, it's a very, very fine line to walk. And doing, you know, when I started, I, I couldn't have done anything close to this. Right. But all of the TSA flying without ID and some of the other activism, it just builds on itself. Yeah, and it really it gets easier gets and easier and as you interact with uh, these bureaucrats more often. You become less frightened of them. And I think you're doing fantastic work, and it's really exciting watching uh, the videos that you release and hearing from, uh, hearing from you with your stories. Thanks for sharing. More <laughs> on the way, this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sinkle CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website to enjoy all the features there for free, including the wiki with over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Just go and get interactive at wiki.freetalklive.com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. 
Com. We just got off the phone a few moments ago with Sam in Texas, and I just wanted to throw out some uh, further thoughts on this issue of doing fully informed jury association outreach. I've done it myself. Uh, last time I did it, though, was down in Florida, so it's been over a year, <clears throat> over a year and a half since I've actually had the opportunity, uh, to, or given myself the opportunity to go out and do it. And usually, it's um, it's a pretty effective outreach event. Uh, basically, what Sam had done and what others have done in the past is they've gone into the courthouse and actually handed out these little trifold brochures, easy to read. Something and and it's important uh, because many jurors don't come with something to read, so they're sitting waiting and waiting and waiting for the government to process its application or whatever it's doing, and they need something to look at. So it's it's actually convenient to give them this information at that time. But basically, you're spreading the you're spreading the idea of jury nullification, the concept that a juror is the fourth and final check and balance. On government. The fourth branch of government. And of course, Correct. in the schools in the last 50 years, they teach about the three branches of government. Right. When essentially there's four. And they don't tell you the whole story. Uh, so basically the idea is if the legislature passes uh, just an absurd wrong law and you know it's approved by the executive branch and it makes it through and they, they begin to enforce it, as the cases start to come up in the courts... The, the citizens at that point then have the opportunity on a jury to reject those laws out of hand for mm-hmm. no other reason than they think they're bad ideas. And that's how alcohol prohibition was defeated and, and the amendment was struck down. Right. Isn't that right? Isn't it right that we, the people, should be able to be the final check on whether or not a law should be um, put upon us? I mean, we are the yes. government. And, well, supposedly. And, and you know, it, it makes perfectly good sense. Are these people our rulers or are they our representatives? Because so, they'd love to be our rulers. Yes. And so that was part of the idea is to prevent them from passing these absurd laws by having the juries just reject them. Now, there's sort of been, a, I mean, you could almost call it a conspiracy if you want to. This, uh, the judges and the legal, uh, the people in the legal world have essentially just shut off any mention of jury nullification from the courtroom. I almost fell off my chair when you said that. You, you can't, uh, if you try to bring it up in the courtroom, you'll probably be charged with contempt of court. You know, there's a reason why that the judges used to tell you about it. They used to give the juries that instruction long time ago, probably not any time in the last hundred years. But, it, you know, that's how it used to be. And it's just slowly but surely, eventually, they just started locking that out from, uh, from the jury entry. Well, it's kind of a, an elitist mentality that these group of people, these people with law degrees or whatever, are smarter than everybody else, so we shouldn't let these little people decide this stuff. We should right. be the arbiters. We, the deciders, yes. have decided on what is and what is not the law, and you will accept it, and that is it. And you'll shut up. Uh, so that's what Sam is, was doing, is he was helping people understand what jury nullification is by passing out these brochures. Now... It really is ballsy uh, to go into the courthouse, especially alone, with 250 brochures and, and start handing them out to people. I Seems love like, that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it makes perfectly good sense he was scared. It's, it's a scary circumstance. That's asking for... Well, I don't know. Did he say he was scared? I don't think he He's, did. He, uh, he made the statement that um, he believed that if they searched his bag, he was done. And that's, that's true. Sort of the uh, statement. Cojones, I say. Feeling a little, uh, little concerned, a little self-conscious. Definitely some cojones. I don't think I would do that, um, simply because I... It just puts you at more. Uh, it, it puts you under more of their control. If you've had to walk through their security point, and you know, then you have to deal with their security people on the inside, and you have to, you know, uh, ask for permission at, you know, after they harass you or whatever. It just 
it seems to me to make more sense to do it outside of the courtroom. Or do it outside of the courthouse, rather. Because then you're not in a so-called secure area. And the fact is, the jurors, if you are trying to get these things in the hands of the jurors, they have to walk through the regular entrance just like you would anyway. So as long as you're outside, you're still going to hit those jurors anyway, and you don't have to deal with the government security and their claims about a secure area. Sam gets a high off of this. He, he is oh, a, definitely. I'm he, sure he, he does. He thoroughly enjoys uh, protesting. And, um, you know, he, he turns it up a little bit each time. And, and as far as I'm concerned, if you can get your highs in that way, some people jump out of airplanes, you know, uh, people do scuba diving. Why shouldn't you do protesting? I'm glad he does and, it. And he's protesting for uh, everybody's freedom. Oh, so it's uh, no thing. doubt. I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm downing on Sam. I'm glad he does it. It's just that I'll feel awful if he ends up in a jail cell over this. Mm-hmm. Or uh, hurt. Or, yeah, or in somehow, in some way, they, you know, bring out the truncheons and clock him over the head. Uh so I just I am just suggesting some steps for maybe the people that aren't as advanced person. as Sam. Okay, Sam has uh, had a lot of practice at standing up to the so-called authorities and giving them a piece of his mind and you know making a, a stand for liberty. If you're somewhat new to this whole activism thing, better to stay outside of the courthouse. That way they can't make any claims about oh it's a secure area, blah blah blah. No, this is a public area. I'm outside of a courthouse and I absolutely have the right to stand here handing these things out. Um, and, of course, the number two suggestion is to go with somebody else. Uh, it's not usually a good idea to be a lone wolf in this pro-freedom activism. Well, it's easier to run you off that way. Yeah. It's, it's also a lot easier to run away when you're outside. That's true. The, the, the bureaucrats don't mind going up to one person who's out there standing out handing in uh, flyers, but a group of ten, mm, that's a little more of a concern to them. I guess one of the uh, maybe one of the reasons to go indoors would be if there are inclement weather conditions or something like that. That might be one reason to perhaps enter the lobby area where you don't have to actually go through the security because eventually they're going to get tired of it. Eventually, if you you know if you keep it up and you are as and you're doing as Sam suggested this sort of outreach on a weekly basis because those juries are gathering every single week to decide the fate of people. Uh, if you're doing that sort of consistent outreach, they're going to figure out who you are and they're going to start mobilizing and figuring out ways to put a stop to you. And so one of those ways might be to simply, you know, refuse anybody that's coming in through the secure area with brochures or with cameras and that sort of thing. So, again, all I'm recommending is that uh, you try to conflict with these people as little as possible. And if staying outside will help you do that and help keep you safe so you can come back another day, then that's uh, that seems to me uh, the, the primary, most important thing. If you can get those brochures into those people's hands without risking yourself, then that's even better. 800-259-9231. Anyway, hearing all this talk about it makes me want to go out and do it again because it's been a while. It's just that I don't like going by myself, so I'd have to find some more people to do it, which means we need more people uh, to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And speaking of the Free State Project, there's been an excellent write-up in the Keen Free Press about what the Free State Project is. And we certainly talk about it enough here on Free Talk Live. Hopefully we'll get to that at some point here tonight. Of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. We go on screen to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, this is Justin from Wisconsin. Justin, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I've got a couple of, uh, two short things. Um, the first one is in the apolitical versus political issue. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a, a quick point to make as far as the folks that are saying that it's immoral to vote because they think that it's initiating force. All right, I'd love to hear it. Well, the thing is, it's not initiating force. Force has already been initiated by the system. I think voting is just self-defense. 
I absolutely agree. That's how I look at it. The fact is these government people are going to be out there taking people's freedoms away from them and t- stealing people's money. And if if a uh, checking a piece of paper in a, in a voting booth can somehow reduce the amount of violence that these thugs are initiating on people, that seems to me a completely sensible self-defense uh, sort of an action to take. Absolutely. But what would you and, say to those uh, people that say, uh, I mean, the other um, argument they make is that, well, you're perpetuating the system of violence. You're, uh, you're helping uh, propel this cloak of legitimacy the government has by participating in their system. Well, I would, I would fully agree that if you're, if you're voting lesser of two evils, for example, uh, for the folks that didn't like Bush or Kerry back in 04 but voted for one because they were scared of the other, that I would I would fully agree with it. Absolutely. But if you've got more, hang on, we'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Talk to you about whatever's on your mind if you make the call. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features for free. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Doesn't matter if it's a new item or used item. Go ahead and get your shopping done. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Now, if you're looking for movies, lingerie, or marital aids, AdamEve.com has got a special offer for you, and uh, one you won't want to pass up. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at AdamEve.com slash talk. Talk. They've got over 18,000 adult entertainment products for you to choose from and over 10 million happy customers. So, serious business uh, and a serious discount. That's adameve.com slash talk. 800-259-9231. We go back to Justin calling in on the amp line. Uh, Justin with some comments on the uh, the issue of apolitical activism versus political activism. The, uh, the apolitical folks say that voting is immoral, any participation in politics is immoral. You say that voting is an act of self-defense. Uh, you're simply trying to to negate uh, or to minimize the the instances of violence that the government is perpetuating on a daily basis, and you feel as though if you can vote to help the government be less violent than it currently is today, then that is a valuable a valuable thing that you can do. Absolutely, that's exactly right. And we were also talking about how uh, th- they also claim that by participating in voting, you're helping to uh, perpetuate the illusion of legitimacy or cloak of legitimacy that the government has. And what was your response to that? Well, as far as yeah, perpetuating the cloak of legitimacy, I, I love the way you word that. Um, yeah, I, and I personally, yeah, I'm more or less would say that I'm apolitical as far as I, I do think that we shouldn't have any government at all. It's completely free market, absolutely, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that you're perpetuating the cloak of legitimacy by voting for people who are going to reduce the size of government and reduce the scope of government. Because, you know, perpetuating the... <laughs> ah, that's It's tricky. It's tricky. But, I, you know, I, I don't think that I don't think that, perpe- that we're being worried about perpetuating the cloak of legitimacy in government is enough of a problem to 
stop you from defending yourself. That's a good point. And I think that also uh, most people aren't aware that the government has this cloak of legitimacy. There are a lot of people out there that they don't like the government, they don't want to pay taxes, and they'd, they would love to see the government cut down in size. It's just that if all of a sudden nobody came out and voted at all, that wouldn't do anything to remove government's legitimacy. They would still hate the government just as much as they do, and they'd still continue being taxed and continue obeying the state. It's just that in that particular election, no one would have voted. It wouldn't make the government go away. If all of a sudden nobody showed up to vote, and in many cases in this country, there are very, very few people, and there have been some instances where 0% have turned out, it hasn't done anything to make the politicians throw up their hands and say, you know what, clearly nobody wants us here, we're done, we're going right. home. Like the, the vote has been boycotted for a long time here in the United States, and how is that going for us? Yeah, yeah, it's not going very well. Right, the government's you know, getting yeah, bigger and bigger all the time, because then only the bureaucrats go out and vote. Right, we've got 70-some-odd percent of people that usually don't go out and vote, and when you talk about local elections, it's closer to 90-95% that skip it. Yep. And what you end up with is a really tiny percentage of the population voting for everybody. And I've got to tell you, in those local elections especially, most people don't have the foggiest clue who they would be voting for, what they would be voting for, why mm-hmm. they would be voting. Um, and I, so I don't, even, I don't even know, should those people go out and vote? I hope not. Um, <laughs> if, if, you're picking, if you're picking a candidate simply because you like the sound of their name a little better than the other yeah. candidate, and believe me, it's done. Um, oh, if, sure. you, if you're, for instance, in Florida, we had a local ballot one time on should we have a uh, a train uh, a, you know a government paid for train that runs from Tampa to Orlando to Miami and back and um, you know one of these uh, maglev trains or whatever yeah, I remember and people that. voted people voted yes Three to for one. it Ooh, wow Three, it was 75% train that'll be great it was 75% that voted yes yeah and and then um, a couple of years later they voted against it because they realized wow we spent 75 million dollars on a task force to look at this just a bunch of bureaucrats eating donuts that haven't done a thing haven't laid the first piece of track yeah yep. or or those who say well we should have a woman president or we should have a black president right but th- those those things are fine if they're the right people but, but we don't obviously we don't have the right people right now running it's true right. justin any other thoughts um well there was i had that and then i had a, a question for you regarding um a system that's based on restitution a, a criminal justice system based on restitution as opposed to vengeance or you know Putting people in jail. Excellent. Um, how would how would something like that work in the case of murder, violent crime? I mean, I can completely understand it when it comes to property crimes, theft, things like that. But in the in the case of violent crime, you're still basically putting an arbitrary number on the value of an assault or the value of a life. Well, first of all, you're not really uh, putting a number on the value of the life, and it's actually good that you happen to ask this question today, because I just happen to be dictating that uh, chapter in The Market for Liberty. I'm, I'm reading a, uh, I'm turning The Market for Liberty, which is an excellent book, into an audio book, so I'm, I'm kind of fresh on this one. Um, and I'm waiting for that. Yeah, essentially what you're doing is you uh, you aren't uh, dictating a value, and it's certainly not arbitrary because the marketplace and its uh, system of, of arbitrators uh, will be deciding based on consumer demand. Uh, so like any other price or value in the marketplace, it will be set based on the demand of the consumers uh, more so than anything else. But nonetheless, you aren't setting a value on that person's life. What you are doing is you are, you're, you're, you're selecting a value or you're selecting an amount Based on certain factors, um, the you know the number one factor is going to be 
can the person who committed the crime you know, be expected to go through the rest of his life making payments of a certain amount, but at the same time also making enough money to, to live his life. Because if you set the payment level too high, you know, the guy's just going to commit suicide, and then you're going to get nothing out of it. Or right? leave the country. Or, you know, disappear or, or whatever. So right. there's a certain maximum level that, uh, you know, that, that will be set at. But at the same time, that's not even um, that, that maximum level, because if you had purchased, say, um, aggression insurance, if you had insured yourself against that sort of loss, then you would have bought some sort of a policy that already had a number on it, and that insurance uh, policy, you'd know in advance what it was worth, and you'd, you would get paid that. So as a, you know, as a... Um, as the, the person who inherited the, the estate of the dead person, for instance, in the case of murder, uh, you would get whatever that insurance company paid out, and then it would be the insurance company that would recoup costs from the violator. Now, the insurance company probably would never be able to recoup as much as they would pay out, but that's their job, and that's the risk that they took uh, doing that business. I don't know if I've answered your question. I Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I, the other part of it is how would you, you know, without... A prison or or a work camp or something like that. How would you enforce making people pay? I, I personally, I've got a uh, like a fifteen hundred dollar judgment against me from Virginia that I'm not paying based on moral grounds. I it was a rip off and a bad judgment from about five six years ago, and I haven't paid a dime on it. And there's nothing they can really do. Well, the, the answer would be um, your reputation, of course, would would take uh, damage. You know, also depending on how uh, crazy of a madman you are. I mean, if you're just someone who got into the heat of uh, passion and did something you regretted later, and otherwise you're a stand-up individual with a you know with a job and uh, and you know roots in in society, then you're you're probably not going to have to go to a jail. You'll just make arrangements with an arbitrator or whoever's dis- or the insurance company or whoever it is you're making arrangements with uh, to to make certain payments at certain intervals and uh, your reputation will be on the line if you don't do that. If you are a violent, dangerous person and you can be expected to go out and continue to harm people, then, yeah, they will put you in a prison. Uh, you will be in some sort of a holding facility, and it is in there that you'll be given the opportunity to uh, to make those payments. But if holding facilities were, were just for those types of, of true people who were dangerous to society, we'd have far fewer and smaller prisons than we do now. This is true. And they would be customized to that type of uh, criminal as opposed to trying to hold everybody in the and same place. And prisons are really um, about the last 300 years. They're a, uh, quite a new thing. It, it is extraordinarily expensive to keep somebody in jail. I mean, they had dungeons uh, beneath castles and things like that, but, you know, political prisoners, people that uh, made the, the, the monarch upset, that kind of thing. Um, you know, you had, the, you had very arbitrary uh, uh, judicial systems at that time, uh, you know, they, they had that, but mostly this is uh, restitution is how people made up for crimes, uh, you know, back before, uh, you know, at one time. Now they didn't have great crime enforcement, and you, it was difficult to know whether a brigand, which brigand, had uh, besieged you upon the roadway. But now we have significantly better right. uh, crime uh, solving abilities. So restitution uh, is certainly a better system, and reputation is what you want to keep on, on track for your life, so you can go on into the future and actually have healthy relationships with other people. You certainly won't want to risk that to save yourself, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks on a violation or you know something that you don't want to pay back. Because if you don't pay it back in the future, you're damn, you're going to be damaged even further. More on the way. It's free talk. Right. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. 
help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch into hour number two of the program, it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free. So enjoy those on us. We go right into the phone calls to start things out. It's Skywolf in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Skywolf. Skywolf. Uh-oh. Georgia. Going once. Skywolf going twice. What's on your mind? Mr. Eon Pang. Sorry? I'm sorry, Mr. Eon. Can I help you? Free Talk Live. What do you got? Yes, I'm on the air with Free Talk Live. Um, this is Scott Wallace calling from Bethlehem, Georgia. Okay, hey, Scott. You were talking about voting. I ran, as you know, as for mayor of Bethlehem, Georgia. Yeah, how'd that go? Well, the official results were 35 to 5. You didn't hear the uh, live replay on my channel and everything else? I did no. not. Sorry, I missed that. So there are only 40 it's votes? It's all still there. It's all still there. I'll give you a website off the air, whatever. How many people? Start- how many people live in your town, Scott? Well, that's the point exactly of what you were talking to, and that's why I was hoping you'd educate me a little, because uh, I look to you guys as political heroes and for guidance and advice and whatnot. Thank you. Um, um, uh, 35 to 5. Uh, that means 40 people census, voted? It's a very small town. It must be. Uh, yes, and it's 40 people voted, and that's me and the guy I was running against, so that's 38. <laughs> 38 people voted. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the, then there's Joyce, the uh, clerk of the uh, you know city there. Right, she's she's, uh, she's already there, so she then hardly counts. Then there's, then there's five city council members, and then that's down to like I don't know thirty four, something like that. And then there's a couple of city employees. So I'm figuring the actual number of citizens who weren't employed by the city, just to you know, clarify. it's about thirty. Under 30, I would say, probably 25 to 30 actual citizens. Now, of those 25 citizens, many of them were police and fire department employees sure. that happened to live within the city limits. You're right. Of that number, I would say 25 would bring the number down to easily 15 or 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> the entire election. What about teachers? The- what about, are there any teachers in your area or is that outside of your town? We- no, we have a Bethlehem Elementary School, so, you know, you take the teachers out of the equation. That's probably the other ten people. But I watched the election, more or less, from the Chevron. I filmed it mm-hmm. yeah, various times throughout the day. It ran from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. I was the first person to vote. A police officer voted after me. I came back later in the day. Of, I, I just basically observed all day long in and out as I came and went and conducted my business all day. Uh, mainly a few old ladies and a few old men coming and going at slow slow rates of speed down the sidewalk. Well, that's uh, how old ladies and old men are. They don't go very fast. Now, um, my question here is: this was held at the uh, the the city clerk's or the town clerk's office, kind of thing. Yeah, it was held in the our. Uh, we have a very uh, palatial uh, recreation slash conference slash. They hold wedding receptions next door in the uh, city banquet room. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's next to the office, the city offices at City Hall, which is right there next to the Star of Bethlehem in Bethlehem, Georgia. I'm wondering if... um, That would be hard to find. I'm wondering how many people wandered into the clerk's office to do some kind of ordinary business, and the lady said, hey, would you like to vote today? (laughs) You know, I'm not even sure the the office was open, because they were all next door. Okay, uh, I'm just wondering. The city clerk was the one who took the ballots into the box on paper. 
Now, who so do you think that that's how, do you think that the uh, the outcome is legit, Scott? I do indeed. I, I basically sat out the election, and you know, I just figured in the wisdom of things, it'd be better to let things kind of run their natural course. I didn't put up uh, any campaign signs or anything, but good, good uh, lord, you I could have gotten a van, and you could have, could have gotten a van and passed out lollipops, and you would have you would have won the election <laughs> and kissed a few babies. I, I could have stood up at the factory at six o'clock because voting didn't end until seven. But you know, the thing is, I, I'm not unhappy. I want to make that clear. Oh, I'm not unhappy with the results of the election because I figure four more years under the uh, good guidance of the former mayor. He's now a city councilman, and the guy who is mayor has been a city councilman for 23 years. So I just kind of, you know, I'm confident that you know the city's in good hands for the next four <laughs> years. I'm just thinking my chances four years from now are looking pretty darn good. Uh, you know, that's a decent, I mean, even s- considering the small amount of people that voted, five people voting for you, c- considering the fact that everyone well, else voting question, was bureaucrats, question, and that's not too shabby. For you, my question for you is that, nonetheless, it was a corrupted election. They printed things in the paper, et cetera, et cetera. And I paid twenty five fifty for my uh, grand, you know, entrance fee. Jeez. And I've been considering going down to City Hall and demanding a refund because of exactly what you were talking about early, earlier, Supporting a government or supporting a corrupt process or corrupt violence with your dollars and votes. Now, do you both vote? Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. There was somebody on the air earlier talking about supporting the position of, oh, we shouldn't be voting. Because somebody has suggested, and I agree, that there should be something on the ballot called none of the above. I wish there was. We do have a write-in in our process here. Right, a so, write-in's not exactly the same. Even right. if you you could write somebody in and get that, but if you if if we were to elect none of the above, it seems to me they'd just hold another election until they got somebody. Uh, and my and, idea, my my little you know dilemma there when I was voting that morning was I had a chance. Of course, I voted for myself. But I was sitting there, I was considering voting for my opponent, <laughs> but I, I had the write-in, and I was thinking, you know, I could write in the former mayor, and if enough people even did that, because I knew it was going to be like a low voter turnout, mm-hmm. I thought that would be a, a better outcome, perhaps, than even the outcome we had. I is think it, in that case, uh, if someone is written in, then they, mayor. Well, they, they would have to. They would obviously have to accept that position. I mean, if they won, they'd have to accept it, uh, and there's a chance that they might just turn it down, in which case, what Mark said, uh, they'd probably just hold another election until they, you know, they finally got someone won. That is won. the process here. They would run another runoff or a special election. Well, you should be congratulated for throwing your hat into the ring. I don't think you're going to get a refund for I wish 25 more people bucks. would, and I don't think you should bother with the refund. Yeah, I think it'll just... What's that? No. I don't think you should. I no. think you're, uh, you'd just be marginalizing yeah, I yourself. Think I should just kind of take it because I did get, you know, an election, even if it wasn't a perfect election. Yeah, well, you knew what you were getting into, and that was the that was the filing fee. No, I didn't. I, was, I learned so much in the process. It just opened my eyes so much to the whole political world. I could, you know go on for days. Well, good. Then you should, well, that's, we don't have enough time for that, but you should definitely consider running again. I mean, if you're still going to be there in another four years, yes, give it another I'm shot. I'm announcing now, I'm announcing early now, four years from now, the 2550 will be, you know, another check will be written. So you, you've already decided then you're going to go for it again. I'm announcing early today, this date, this very hour, this very minute. That's great. Well, then that's what you what you should do is uh, you know keep it up. Um, write some letters to the local uh, newspaper. What do you have, like a weekly paper there or something? In, um... I'm going to keep a journal for the next four years of all the things I participate in. Uh, there's a number of events and special governmental meetings I'm going to attend and various things and write letters to an editor and 
Yeah, they're that's the way it has to be done. You've got to yeah. make a name for yourself in the in the community. And uh, Scott, good hearing from you, man. Thank you for the recap and uh, the information. We appreciate the follow up. I, I even promised to attend a council meeting or two between now and the next four years. So I'm not going to make any hard promises. Yeah, it's some boring stuff. Good luck with that. Thanks for the call, dude. It. Thank you. 800-259-9231. It sure is boring. I mean, we do know that uh, from my girlfriend, Julia, she ran for city council here in Keene, New Hampshire uh, this year, and she pulled in 22, over 22% of the vote, and she's a first-timer. I mean, she's never been involved in uh, the political process before. She's new to the area, so nobody really knew who she was, where she was up against a guy who'd been around and in public prominence for 30 years. Uh, so the fact that, you know, she'd only been here a year, nobody really knew her, uh, you know, obviously she was espousing some very pro-freedom positions, yeah, all of those factors, the she newspaper, managed to get one out of four votes? The newspaper, uh, you know, outed her as a, a Free State Project member, not like it was, uh, you know, any big secret or anything like that, and I think that the, a lot of people equate that with interloper, mm-hmm. and... Um, I think that, you know, in four years from now, um, when she's still here and nothing's blown up in town, that uh, they'll, they'll, they'll probably accept Free State Project members a little more. Yeah, I think so, too. I thought it laid some real good groundwork, as Scott had uh, laid some groundwork for his next campaign. I don't know if Julia's going to do it again, because she just detested the entire process. Uh, it, it was not pleasant for her. Uh, she didn't like all that attention that she got. But nonetheless, I think if she did do it again... It would go even better for her because they really threw out all they had. I mean, they they tossed out all the nasty barbs they possibly could at her, and they don't really have any more ammo to uh, to shoot, if you will. They've got nothing left that they can really bring up to surprise anybody about Julia. So uh, the more you do it, the better your name recognition becomes, and the more likely you'll be able to actually win and hopefully turn your government around and actually reduce the size of it. I think it's possible. We'll find out, though, over time. More is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there completely free. So enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the program. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That, uh, that's updates.freetalklive.com. And you have more debt than you can pay. You don't have to file bankruptcy. You can pay pennies on the dollar. And your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal, 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to outin90.com. That's outin90.com. Uh, so we were just talking about elections and campaigning. Before that, we were talking about uh, participating in the system. You know, is it immoral? Isn't it uh, immoral? Is it something that, that liberty activists should do? And I think absolutely yes, um, because it is, first of all, self-defense to try to minimize the amount of damage that government is, is doing to you by voting. You're voting for uh, somebody who hopefully will, will make a difference and turn the government around and actually reduce its size. Of course, one could make the argument that we've actually yet to see that happen in the history of government, actually have it reduce in size. Uh, and there are that too is, many rewards for making it bigger for right. the people that get into power. And, and that is a good argument. I mean, it's certainly a historical one. But and, and, Wayne, you're right. The people in search of power are really the ones that are running in elections for the most part. I mean, yeah. you know, 99% of elections out there, they don't have a real principled, liberty-loving person to vote for. 
Ron Paul being that, you know, 1% exception in the handful of libertarian candidates around the country, maybe also being the, you know, the 1% exceptions there. For the most part, you're voting for big government politician A versus big government politician B. And if that's the choice, then I will just stay home. You know, unless yeah. I have someone to vote for who's clearly on message, on principle, going to reduce the size of government, it's not worth voting. But right. if that person is in the election, then yeah, absolutely I'm going to turn out and give that guy a, a shot at possibly getting in there to make a difference. Right, because public officials have sort of a fiduciary responsibility to use the tax dollars they get from us wisely, and they're not. And they're, just, they're finding new reasons to expand uh, the use of tax dollars and to, and to keep getting more from you. Sure. I mean, they have no incentive to conserve. And, and whenever you create a big pot of money someplace, the sharks and the... Uh, uh, the, the vultures circle around, and eventually that pot of money isn't used for what it was originally intended anyway. Right. You know, uh, when when it comes to politics in America, the, the politicians have created it, uh, have made the positions more and more powerful as time's gone by. Um, and so you've got this, this uh, position that uh, is money and power, and you expect only the best people to to go after that position, it's not like we ever get a um, a, a huge choice of politicians to pick from. And right. what's to I mean, what evidence does anyone have that the best people, even even people that would be close to the best, even good people, are running for these offices? None. I don't see any evidence. No, certainly not. So I see nothing wrong with liberty-loving people running for office, uh, even if you don't win. It's still worth the effort because you get. Free coverage. You get free exposure for your ideas. And as you can see, the Ron Paul campaign, Ron Paul didn't even think it was going to happen like it is. I mean, Ron no, Paul uh, had no clue about the, you know, the power of the Internet. I mean, he understood the Internet. He's been on the Internet. He certainly gets it. Uh, but he didn't even realize that his message would be so widely accepted and understood by so many Americans. And the fact is, if Ron Paul hadn't thrown his hat into the race today, what would we be? I mean... There'd be nothing worth talking about in, in the Republicans and Democrats uh, in their campaigns we, for the primary. We'd all be yawning. Yeah, we'd be sitting here waiting for whoever the Libertarian candidate is to show up sometime in 2008. And, yeah, we'd have know. other news stories to talk about, but we yeah. sure wouldn't be talking about the presidential race. There, there, none of this excitement would be happening. None of these new people uh, that, that have, you know, so many of these Ron Paul supporters are first-timers. You know, they've been completely alienated by most politicians. They can't stand the Republicans and the Democrats, but they hear something they like from Ron Paul. It's gotten them excited. They've gotten active. They've, uh, on their own, come up with wonderful ideas in campaigns like this Ron Paul blimp, uh, the Ron Paul money bombs. We're going we're gonna to be seeing another one of those here in, in four days from now. Uh, on the uh, the 16th to celebrate the the Boston Tea Party, all of these things were created by the activists themselves, and none of this activity, none of it, would be going on if Ron Paul hadn't thrown his hat in the ring. So my point here is that it is worth it to go ahead and run pro-liberty candidates because even if you don't win, you're spreading the ideas of liberty. You're leveraging the political process as corrupt and despicable and disgusting as it generally is and as dirty and awful as the participants are. They typically are just awful people. By your entry into that process, it certainly doesn't clean up politics, but it does allow you to leverage the, uh, the, the attention that the media organizations give to politicians. Fact, it's just a fact. We saw it happen here in Keene. When Julia was running, we spent $70 on the campaign and received literally thousands of dollars worth of exposure for it. 
as a result, after even after the campaign was over, it's been paying dividends. Within two weeks, I was asked on to a local radio show here in the area just because I know, you know, I'm related to Julia. We're uh, a couple. Campaign, man- campaign manager. And I was her campaign manager. Um, and, you know, I'm relatively visible as far as I call the station. And I, you know, I, I, I appear on the shows and identify myself. So they asked me to come in and do what? Talk about the Free State Project. Talk about this movement of liberty activists that's moved here to New Hampshire in order to get active uh, and, and help spread the ideas of liberty. And I was told that it was because of Julia's candidacy that I was asked in to come on that radio show. So had she not gone and run for that office, I probably never would have been able to spend two hours on the air talking about the ideas of freedom with people in this area. So again, it just you, you, you use this process to spread the message of liberty. It doesn't matter if you win or not. You're winning people. You're winning their hearts and minds whether or not you win the election. Winning the election is just the icing on the cake. That's when you actually have the chance to go in and you know reduce the size of government. But if you've helped people discover liberty and uncover the principle of non, uh, the non-initiation of force, that it's a bad idea to force your neighbors to believe as you do and to act as you think they should act. If, that, if a political campaign can help people discover that message, that's immensely valuable. That's why I contribute to the Ron Paul, uh, to the Ron Paul campaign. You know, I don't agree with the guy on 100% of the issues, but I can see that, you know, I'm there at 95 or 98%, and I can see that what he's doing is very worthwhile. It's worth my money. He's helping people find liberty, and that's what I have dedicated my life to do, and he's doing it very, very well. So here, have a few hundred bucks. No well, problem. And I'm thoroughly convinced that he's not in it for the power. I mean, he was urged. He was pushed into where he is by people around him who have been urging him for years to run. So he he's he's the true statesman of of all the candidates, and a true statesman looks to the next generation. They don't care about the next election. They do what's the right thing uh, for for the future generations, and yeah, that's th- what our founding fathers right. did. And, and that's what uh, that's his mentality. Well, you can look at his actions too. I mean, the actions speak louder than words. And the fact is, he votes no. Uh, he votes down the big government stuff. And he refuses to take the, you know, the medical plan. I mean, he wants to cut pay instead of increase pay. And, and he's serious, and you can, you can prove it. And he returns a portion of his budget that he didn't spend back to the Treasury every year. Who, who else does that? I can't imagine any of them do. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you are somebody who thinks that uh, we're just dead wrong and you think that uh, even running a political campaign is just wrong and you shouldn't do that, I'd love to hear from you because I've yet to hear anyone answer my challenge to tell me how it is that anything we did with Julia's campaign was in some way unprincipled or in some way supportive of government. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for free for you at freetalklive.com. 
The New Hampshire Liberty, excuse me, the uh, New Hampshire primary is the first true open primary in the nation. National media will be swarming to cover it. The 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum will finish just two days before the polls open. Dr. Ron Paul will be the closing speaker. The majority of New Hampshire residents are undeclared and undecided. The most important presidential election in living memory hangs in the balance. Where will you be? Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and use the code 2008FTL to save 10%. Uh, that's 2008FTL. And rumor has it that there are going to be some celebrities showing up to the forum. Actually, I guess we've already talked about who they are. Kane from the WWE, Glenn mm-hmm. Jacobs. He says is, he's going to be there the whole time. He's now. there as Glenn Jacobs. He's, I'm just using his uh, his wrestling name for uh, identification purposes. Anyway, he's going to be hanging out there the entire weekend because he had a little schedule change, so that's pretty cool. He'll be easy to spot. He's going to be probably the tallest man there. <laughs> he's uh, easy to spot. Yeah, and uh, so, of course, you know Ron Paul's going to be there. Barry Cooper is going to be there as well from the Never Get Busted videos. Our very own Gardner Goldsmith will be in attendance. Jim Babka from Downsize DC. The list just goes on and on of uh, libertarian and liberty-oriented luminaries that are going to be in attendance, and uh, we're really looking forward to it, and we're hoping to see you there as well. So that's, once again, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And we're broadcasting live. Did I mention that? 800-259-9231. We go to the phones. Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee, on the amp line. Hey, Gene. Hey, Gene. Hello, guys. I want to talk about Ron Paul and proctology. How about that? Oh, all right. right. I'd like to see how how you wrap this together. How about that for a a turn of events? Very good. Go ahead, sir. Uh, Well, about Ron Paul, I just wanted to encourage people to donate money on Saturday the 16th. Um, that's when uh, the next big money bomb is. We're shooting for $10 million. This time I think we might be able to make it because last time we got 4.3. We only had uh, – I didn't think we would come anywhere near that. But this time should be bigger, I think. We've got a lot more coverage. And everybody should participate and put in whatever they can. You, know, you can go, uh, if you want to do that, you can go to tparty07.com and you can pledge right now to say that you're going to do it on the 16th. But when you actually do it, uh, tparty07.com gives you, you know, that'll give you more information. I'm sure they'll have updated uh, statistics and info there, but that's the home page uh, for right. that effort. I've put in my pledge. Uh, I plan on contributing at least $100 on that day. Yep. And uh, proctology. This has really nothing to do with Ron Paul. All right. But, um, I figured I went that. Through, yeah. <laughs> I went through my first colonoscopy the, last week, and it was quite an experience. I'll bet. And I got to thinking about it afterwards because they use something, and more specifically, I want to talk about probothol. Probothol is the drug they use to put you under mm. when you have your colonoscopy done, and it has some very unusual effects. In fact, it's actually a truth serum. Really? And yes, it, what it does is they put you under. You got an IV in your arm, and they say, "Okay, all you're going to feel is you, you might get a little dizzy as you start to go under." So the guy starts, and I get a little dizzy, and I'm out in less than five seconds. That's how fast this stuff works. Hmm. I wake up an hour later, everything's done. But now here's the interesting part. While you're out, that one hour, you're not really out. You're not out in the sense that you're unconscious. You've blacked out. Yes. You have absolutely no memory of what happened. Of course, you feel no pain during that time. Right. I hope it was a female doctor. (laughs) 
Yes, but you are able to roll over when they tell you to roll over. You're able to answer questions. Incredible. Um, actually, if you were uh, to be asked sensitive questions, you would answer them probably pretty honestly. Interesting. So this, and of course I'm going conspiracy here, because this is what's available for the common medical practice, or common, uh, you know, it's state of the art for medical field. Mm -hmm. So what my speculation is, and of course it's speculation, but you know that anytime you find something that is in common use, there's something being pushed way beyond that in some research facility somewhere. That's a fair presumption to make, I think. It's a very fair presumption to make. And so if these drugs are able to make you forget what you're doing and and, uh, and say, you know, get rid of all lying tendencies and things like that, there have to be, I would presume that there are drugs out there that can go beyond that and get you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. So that Certainly possible. Basically, basically, we're going to mind control here. And now, if they have mind control stuff available, and this is a presumption, there is no doubt in my mind that there are people in high places that will use this to get things done. And I think that's a pretty safe assumption to make. So why but do now, you think the they're... only part that's speculation is whether such drugs actually exist? And I think they do. Now, why do you think they're not using these truth drugs um, in the case of these uh, waterboarding uh, That was going to be incidents? my question. Maybe they are. Well, and I was going to bring that up. They really don't need to torture anybody because these things are commonly available. Your medical practitioners right. use them on, in procedures like this every single day. Are they just so doing it to be sadistic? Is that what it's all about? It's got to be. It's well, got to I don't be think they get complex answers is what I'm guessing. Or or it's it's to terrorize people. Yes. I think it's just a, an issue of terror. You want to scare the crap out of these guys because you hate them. You know these right. are the terrorists. You know these are the bad guys. So you want to try and make their life as miserable as possible. So you tell them they're going to get tortured and they're going to get pain, and then you follow that up with torture and pain when none of it is necessary. Not one one little mm. sliver of pain is necessary when they have drugs like this available. Interesting, Gene. It also makes members of, of the torturer's country afraid of their own government, too. Yes, and That's it true. does that, too. And it makes people afraid to uh, to say things. I know people that won't say anything because they're afraid. It's a great you point, know. Gene. What was the name of the drug again, just uh, for reference? Probathol. And uh, I, know that this, I know the effects of this personally because I actually know the guy who did the pr procedure on me. So I, I know that the information I have is accurate. Did you ask him to buy you a drink after? No, he didn't buy me any drink, but he did send a box of candies. Very nice. Gene, uh, when, how old are you? In, are you in your early 50s? Uh, Mid-50s. Now, don't they say I'm you're supposed to... I'm an old fart. Now, with this colonoscopy stuff, aren't you supposed to start getting uh, that sort of thing done in your 30s? Yeah, but Gene lives um, a clean life. 40th birthday. If you have a history of cancer, which I do, you're supposed to probably start around 50. And how did it go? I mean, how did it go for you, if you don't mind telling us? Are you Okay. Oh, fine. Yeah, okay. I don't have any problems at all. How often do you have to go? Once a year? Once every other year? Five years? What is? I think the next follow-up would be like five years later. And what did it cost, just out of curiosity? Well, I haven't gotten any bill. It's, of course, it's going to the insurance, and then... Uh, I see. Oh, so it's free. Whatever the, whatever the insurance doesn't cover, you know, then I would have to cover it. But I don't, I don't know what that would be. I, I would assume that you're talking uh, $1,500 to... Uh, 
2000, somewhere in there. Glad to know you're healthy down there, Gene. Thanks for the call. Very interesting and uh, appreciate it as always. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, so, suburban sex parties. Duncanville, Texas, according to the Associated Press, the most popular address on Cedar Ridge Drive is Jim Trulock's split-level home, which has group a uh, group sex room and attracts as many as 100 people to swinger parties featuring naked twister nights. Oh, dear God. The festivities could soon be over. In response to neighbors' complaints, the city has outlawed sex clubs in residential areas. Citations have been issued, and search warrants may be next. One of the regular guests at the parties, Don Burton, who's 45, says it's crazy that they want to force their morality down our throats. We're all frustrated. So those, so are those who complain of the noise, traffic, and parking problems that occur in the otherwise quiet, upscale neighborhood every Friday and Saturday when Trulock's home is transformed into the Cherry Pit. <laughs> Duncanville, which <laughs> proclaims itself the perfect blend of family, community, and business, is an unlike, uh, unlikely venue for a neighborhood swinger club. The city of 36,000 is just southwest of Dallas and has about 50 places of worship and not a single registered sexually oriented business. Duncanville officials insist they're not just another prudish Texas town giving the boot to spouse swappers. They say it all boils down to a matter of law. Trulock is operating a business featuring live sex acts. We'll find out more about this controversy here in moments and talk to you about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free. So enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, to see what that's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at AdamEve.com slash talk. Uh, we're actually talking about a story from the Dallas area, Duncanville, Texas. Apparently a city of 36,000, just southwest of Dallas, Texas. About... Uh, Let's see. Apparently, the uh, situation is there's a home, uh, Jim Trulock's split-level home in the Cedar Ridge area that is attracting people for Naked Twister and other things. Uh, apparently, during Friday and Saturday evenings, Trulock's home is transformed into the Cherry Pit. And Duncanville officials are insisting that uh, this is a business. It's a business featuring live sex acts. And as a result, they're looking to uh, put this guy out of business and force him out of this residential neighborhood. Well, Ian, do they have any proof that any money has transacted? We'll get into that. Uh, okay. The money t- uh, money comes up here in a moment. But uh, spokes- city spokes bureaucrat Tanya Lewis says it's not trying to judge anyone or pass judgment on someone's lifestyle. To support its claim, the city notes that the Cherry Pit accepts money from guests and promotes the parties on its website. We're not about infringing on the rights of the Cherry Pit patrons or owners, said Lewis, but now your right to have fun has infringed on everyone else's, and you have to draw the line. Other cities have wrestled with the same issue. Phoenix, for example, prohibited live sexual performances in 1998, effectively outlawing swinger parties. An appeals court upheld the law in 2003, and Duncanville used it as a blueprint when passing a ban last month. Retiree who, uh, Jack Martin, who lives a block behind Trulock's home, says he's concerned the parties will reduce the value of his property. 
Others are annoyed by the procession of cars that crowd the street on weekend evenings or the flood of strangers who descend on the neighborhood. I can only imagine. If you're going to allow, the, if you're going to do that, you should open a business. Go somewhere where it's allowed," said the old man. Well, I I would agree with them, him on that uh, point that that his that his neighborhood is being clogged up with these people and that that they should be you know someplace else as far as commercial area or that kind of thing. But the problem is is that he doesn't really believe that. Um, likely he doesn't believe it. And Who's he? The the old man that said it. Okay. Wait, you're saying he doesn't believe? He doesn't really believe that. He, he, what he, in fact, believes is that um, if, if they did get the opportunity to get a, a commercial license someplace, is, you know, he'd just vote to make sure that they didn't get it. He doesn't Probably. want that. Um, he's, just, he's making a good point, which is I don't think they should be in the residential area, parking in front of people's houses, clogging up uh, roads and that kind of thing. And well, this could be easily taken care of with an uh, ordinance on parking in a neighborhood as opposed to... You know anything else? Well, it doesn't seem to me to be a, uh, an issue that requires another ordinance or another law. It seems to me to be a private uh, private property rights issue. Uh, if somebody's parking in front of my home, I understand that the, there's a certain easement that's supposedly government property, and so people are supposed to be allowed to park there. But shouldn't I be able to, as the private property owner, say, "Sorry, you can't park here. This is my little strip of grass. If you want to find somewhere else to, else to park, then by all means. But you can't park here." Do homeowners have the ability? to control that little strip of grass out in front of their house as far as people parking there? I don't think effectively. That's shocking to me and outrageous, and I think that's where the problem comes in. Because if, it, if you really did own your property, then you would be able to allow or disallow, or heck, you could even charge for the parking. You could say, hey, you know, Friday and Saturday nights, people come into this neighborhood, I'll let you guys park on my front lawn for, you know... Ten bucks for the evening, or something like that. I'll give you that. That would uh, take care of parking enforcement. I'm fine with that. It's, but you know, as so far private as property is a solution. As far as I'm concerned, people shouldn't be, especially parking on the grass in front of my house. And you know, then then where are you at? Some some places allow uh, parking on the side of the street, but usually they're not very. It's not very congested, and people can kind of weave their way in and out of the cars and that kind of thing. It's sort of a traffic calming measure. But when you've got people lined up on both sides of the street, that's it's only one car in and um, only one car can can go at a time. And then what happens if somebody's coming down the other way? Yeah. Well, attorneys for Trulock, who is the uh, the homeowner here, uh, say the cherry pit is nothing more than a private residence where a group of friends get together on weekends to socialize in whatever way they prefer. While guests are encouraged to make voluntary donations to cover the cost of food and refreshments, organizers deny that anyone is being charged admission to his parties. Ed Klein, an attorney for the Cherry Pit, said many guests give no money, but those who do often ship in 10 or 20 bucks. Klein says he plans to file a lawsuit next week that will challenge the constitutionality of the ordinance and seek a temporary restraining order against the city. So how do you feel about that one, Mark? I mean, shouldn't you be able to throw a party in your house? I, 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 I see that. The problem is, is that he's he's just making it very difficult on his neighbors, and I understand that the the, the whole personal uh, pr- property issue. But God, I mean, I would hate to have that neighbor that was throwing a party every Friday and Saturday night that was getting people to come in the neighborhood mm-hmm. um, and you know block off the roads well, so that I why, couldn't pass by. That's why, Mark, you are you know someone who would do great in a deed restricted neighborhood. I would, where that sort of thing is regulated and uh, that kind of thing. Or I could just buy a big it. piece of land and build my house way in the middle of it, and then I don't have to worry about some j- well, jackass doing, doing that. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to put myself in this scenario. You sure. asked me. I'm telling you. If um, I could tell somebody, tell people that they couldn't pull, park out in front of my house, then that's fine. Uh, that would be a great solution. And I would go around with um, to my neighbors and I'd say, hey, look, 
the problem we have with this isn't, as far as I'm concerned, isn't the parties that uh, Jim or whatever's having mm-hmm. down the street. It's the it's fact the that parking. it's clogging up the streets. Yeah. You have the right to tell these people they can't park there. So pl- feel free to exercise that right. So really, the solution is private property, but nonetheless, it's an interesting issue. Uh, New York school, New York's law school a professor who studies sexuality law says the size of the parties might be a legal obstacle. He says it seems to me that you have. He seems to. He says it seems to me when you have that number of people involved, it becomes more like a public event. It seems unlikely that a court would find privacy protection for an event this large. The city's already cited Trulock with three violations, which carry a maximum $2,000 fine. Duncanville City bureaucrat manager uh, pledged to continue to enforce the new law. The case against the swinger parties does appeal to a lot of people's sense of morality, said the city spokes bureaucrat. There's been a lot of complaints we've gotten from residents that, I came to Duncanville to have a family. I didn't come here to live next to a sex club. Well, the solution is, is to let the guy open a business. You give him a license, you give him a liquor license, you let him have, you know... Let him open a business and uh, give him the assurances that the city won't come in and, and shut him down. And then you don't have to worry about the, the, what's happening to the neighborhood. I'm sure that he'd like to open a business. Yeah, but then, but then you get this, you've got this attitude from some of these people that are living there that they don't, they don't want those sorts of businesses in Duncanville. Again, it's supposed to be a safe those, place for families. Those people right there are, are responsible. It's that attitude right there that's responsible for driving it into the neighborhood yeah. in the first place. It's a great point. If it wasn't for those people that want to control other people's lives, then they wouldn't be running a party where they got voluntary donations or whatever, um, you know, whatever it is they're saying. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But uh, well, you could find out by going to the party. I, I'm really not interested in buying, getting the plane <laughs> ticket, and uh, I can tell you that uh, uh, my wife would shoot me if you were in town. So would mine. My wife would shoot me too. But I agree that the size of this thing is is a problem for the guy putting it on. But it also just shows you what happens with sexual repression, even in a community where it does it bubbles up somewhere somehow, mm-hmm. and this sure is how does. it's bubbling up in that community. Does anyone have any experience with this kind of stuff? Uh, if so, would, would love to hear from you, and not just necessarily running the party, but attending these sorts of things. I mean, clearly it's a swingers kind of a thing, so I'm sure partner swapping is is going on, and obviously we can't get too detailed or graphic or anything like that. We'll talk about it more off the air. But it just seems like, um, I don't know. How safe are these? I mean, how as far as uh, sexually transmitted diseases? Oh, I can't imagine that's that that that's safe in that area. Uh, I can't either. This seems like a risky thing to be doing. I mean, I support your right to do it by all means. Have a blast. It just, eef, I don't know about that. I mean, are, are a lot of people using protection? Are they getting tested? Are uh, what? Are, I would hope that they're all using protection. What are the but... standards in the uh, the swinger community? So of of testing and safety and that sort of thing. That's what I'm most curious about. I don't about. know. Let me make a few phone calls. <laughs> 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you're offended by this, you want to talk about uh, that, or your thoughts on this issue, would love to hear from you or bring up anything. Let's go to the phone lines in the meantime. It's Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, How are you doing tonight? Hey, Good. What's on your mind? Um, well, first off, because what you were just talking about with the parties, in the parking on the street. Now, this isn't about parties, but in Chicago, um, I don't live in the city proper, but I'm near the city. But in Chicago, in the city proper, on on days like when, when we have storms like we just had, a lot of people take their lawn furniture and put it in front of their houses where they park. And people have just come to accept that and won't take their parking spots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a respect thing. This is your parking spot in front of your house. We'll give it to you. Sure. So 
if this guy is honestly complaining about parking, that might be one thing that he'd want to try to explore. So put something out in the spots that are being taken by people. Right. Say, say here, you know, you can't, you know, block block office if that's what's. If that's right. what he's worried about. The problem seems to be that people turn to government for their solutions. They don't think. They don't even try to be creative. I know you had something else. We'll hold you over to Hour 3. Coming up, you take control. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. As we launch into hour number three of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com. We uh, continue here by going right back into the phone calls. It's Matt in Illinois on the amp line to start things out this hour. Matt, what's on your mind? Okay, well, I called because you were talking to Gene, the Christian anarchist. And uh, he mentioned something about a uh, drug that he had that he felt was a truth serum. Yeah, he had gone to uh, the proctologist, I guess, and they had administered uh, some sort of uh, drug that knocks you out, but you're really blacked out because you can keep answering questions and follow orders. It's just that you don't remember any of it when you wake up. Um, okay, and you, you mentioned or you asked why wouldn't they use that? Why would they torture people instead of using that drug? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which seems to be a valid question, but the answer is quite simple. If they knock you out and they give you a truth serum, you're not going to confess to something that you didn't do. So, oh, I see. You're saying that uh, when they're torturing you, they're trying to get you to admit, uh, in some cases, not just to give up information on others, but to uh, to admit to committing a crime you may not have committed. Sure, because it's going to look awfully good to certain people if you can say to, uh, say, sit in front of Congress and say, uh, you know, we've stopped a uh, three or four terrorist attacks here on the United States, and here's the confessions to mm. prove it. Interesting point. And if, if, if they're giving them truth serum, these people are going to be telling the truth, and the truth would be that they had nothing to do with terrorism right. or any of these attacks. Brilliant. Very good, sir. Anything else on your mind? No, I'll cover it. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So that ex- that's a great explanation. Yeah. Uh, we continue with the Apparently, they're not looking for the truth. You bring up anything. Let's talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, I'm here. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, well, I just, uh, I know it's free talk live and everything, but I wanted to let you all know the money bombs on... Saturday and uh, try to encourage you guys to talk about Ron Paul as much as you could because I know everybody's issues and subjects are real important, but if we don't get the man in there, you know, who knows how long it'll be before we can even talk about what we want to talk about. Well, first of all, I think your information is inaccurate. I believe the money bomb is on Sunday. That's the 16th. Sunday? Yep, if you go to TeaPartyO7.com, you can get more information about that. But, you know, this isn't the Ron Paul show. I mean, we certainly talk about Ron Paul. and when A great deal. When there's an excuse or a reason to talk about Ron Paul, we certainly will. uh, But we're not going to spend three hours a night discussing, you know, his campaign. It's not Uh, that interesting. I mean, but there's one other thing that I had. Yes? Um, well, I was just uh, about the, you know, the 
sexting and everything, that's kind of the bottom of the hit list. I mean, compared to making real changes in this country, and that's about all I really wanted to say tonight. Very good, Jeremy. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I think he was referencing a story we talked about last hour uh, from a a little uh, city in Texas that has outlawed sex parties, uh, essentially. And, uh, you know, the issue there was one of private property, of neighbors uh, not getting along with neighbors, and how best to resolve that problem. And, you know, every in, every one of our listeners, I'm sure, has uh, different rankings as far as what they consider to be important stories and not. And the fact is, if, uh, you know, if there aren't... You know, the, this show, the point of this show is to take your calls, and you can call in about anything. Once we've exhausted the phone calls, mm-hmm. then we've got to go to our show prep, which is it's up to us to decide what we think's interesting and... That one came across my desk, and I thought it was fa- I thought it was fascinating because I think I think neighbor relations are uh, you know something that a lot of people have to deal with, and not everybody lives out in Montana where you've got miles between uh, your houses. I'm sure there are neighborhoods there too. No, there's sure. Uh, but uh, but you know these are these are real issues that real uh, people have to deal with on a on a day to day basis. You know the neighbor that plays the music too loud, or has parties running too late, and cars parked all over the place, or isn't taking care of his lawn. You know, is the right answer to call the government in to mm-hmm. to solve your problem, or is the the right answer to just approach your neighbor and and talk to them, or better yet, to solve the problem in advance by moving into a deed restricted neighborhood where there are prior agreements in place that restrict these sorts of behavior. So these are real important issues, in my opinion. Yeah, being being a good neighbor is important, but I can imagine that Naked Twister is probably a pretty loud game. (laughs) 800-259-9231. We continue with uh, David in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live, David. Hey, thanks, guys. What's on your mind? I'm actually Vancouver, Canada. Very good. What's on your mind today? Uh, uh, Actually, first of all, uh, don't don't let this go to your head, but you guys are awesome. Thank you. Love you. I listen Mm -hmm. to you online. Uh, when I'm doing my computer work and stuff. So, yeah, I love it. Good so, give, what do you have tonight? Go ahead. Um, actually, uh, I'd like to take you back into time a little bit, if uh, you'd help me out here. Um, I'm a little confused. I've watched Loose Change, Loose Change 2, listen to Alex Jones, GCN Live, everybody. And um, I have a question about 9-11, if you don't mind going back there. Okay. 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 Now, um, evidence being removed and not being what? To the public, uh, first of all, like if there's no real planes, where are the real people that were on those planes? You know what I mean? Are you asking a question in regards to some of these conspiracy theories that, that are floating in fact, around? There were out no there? planes. Uh, pretty much, like w- there's no evidence of planes, but people were on those planes. You're that saying that the mentioned. conspiracy theorists claim that the planes weren't real and were in fact uh, what, like holograms or something? Uh, no, I'm saying that there is no evidence of plane wreckage or luggage or people. Are you making the... Uh, hold on, I well, want to make sure I'm clear on be? this. Are you making the assertion that there is no evidence? Well, I'm... Yes, correct. Well, the evidence... I'm sure that there was evidence at the time. At this point, we're uh, you know so far removed from it, it would be very difficult to say, to give you definitive proof that there are, you know, here are some bodies, here are some, here's some luggage and all that other stuff. Well, um, the reason why I'm asking, uh, what comes to mind is the Pentagon. Um, there was 
basically no evidence and all of the video. Now, hold on a second. Before you go on with this, I want to point out that, uh, you know, this isn't a conspiracy show. I found, I, you know, I find this all, you know, interesting maybe from an academic perspective, but I don't think it has any relevance on what we're trying to do uh, on into the future, and, and that is, you know, um, spread the message of freedom and liberty. But, you know, just, just to to point something out to you, the claims you're making are based on conspiracy videos and, you know, the conspiracy theorists. The fact is there are rebuttals to all of those claims out there, and there are rebuttals to those rebuttals and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, I recommend you mentioned Loose Change. That's one of the more popular conspiracy theory movies. Go to loosechangeguide.com and read some of the rebuttals uh, to the claims that they make in that Loose Change movie. Loosechangeguide.com just decimates uh, Loose Change. It'll make, it'll make you embarrassed that you ever believed anything Loose Change told you. Um, but does that mean that loosechangeguide.com is completely accurate? No, it's just another site, you know, website making claims. They happen to document uh, many of their claims far better than Loose Change does, so in my opinion, it's probably a little more credible. Uh, but my point here is just because someone puts together a persuasive, well-edited, slick video doesn't mean that they're giving you good information. And, uh, and nor does it mean that you should really even be spending time trying to figure out what the real story is. Uh, your question, though, is a good one. If the conspiracy theorists are saying that there were no, uh, that there was no wreckage, like for instance, on the, was it the Flight 91, where it crashed into, allegedly and crashed into the field? I heard there was the wreckage field. in, in three different locations across the Pennsylvania countryside. Some will claim there was wreckage, some will claim there wasn't. I mean, whatever. Your question is good. What about the people on the planes? That's something the conspiracy theorists, they just don't answer that question, because they don't have anything. Then they just have to, you know, construct an even deeper conspiracy theory that uh, all those people were shuffled off into a hangar and gassed to death and then, you know, may disappear or some other absurd claim like that. Um, my, my main point here, though, is that you could go forever. You could spend all of your free time, uh, you know, researching one side and then researching the other side and then researching the other side and just going on into infinity. And really, nothing will ever come from this, dude. I mean, you can spend all the time you want to, and nothing's going to change. The fact is, whoever did this, whether it was the government story that's true or the conspiracy theorist story that's true or something else completely, you know, it's done and it's over with, and the government's been getting bigger as a result. What we need to do is focus on the growth of government and getting it slashed way, way down, uh, far beyond where it's, uh, it currently is today. Uh, focus on Ron Paul and helping get him elected and focus on, you know, real, tangible activism that can actually have an effect on the future rather than living in the past. Thank you for the call more on the way this is your show it's free talk live this is free talk live you can bring up anything the toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231 sacl cai toll-free line ian here with you and wayne and mark you can join us on our website freetalklive.com the features there are totally free so enjoy those on us uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you want to help us out, then go buy some stuff and help yourself into some wonderful Free Talk Live garb, like T-shirts and hats and hoodies. Uh, we've also got other cool products as well, but you'll see it's quite a variety. We've got different colors even for you. Of course, uh, you can choose your size, and the quality of the items is excellent. Go to store.freetalklive.com to place your order. I had mentioned that we were talking about a special promotion at the store, and I think we're going to launch that. On the 16th, it's going to coincide with the Ron Paul money bomb. So that should give you a hint as to what the promotion is going to have to do with at the Free Talk Live store. So if you aren't on the updates list, 
Go to updates.freetalklive.com because it's a Sunday. We won't have a live show to announce anything on. There's just going to be an update going out on uh, this coming Sunday about the Free Talk Live store promotional. I think you're going to be pretty excited, at least if you're excited about the Ron Paul campaign. All right, so 800-259-9231. I mentioned that we might talk about the Free State Project and really go into an explanation as to what it's all about. Cat Canning at the Keen Free Press has done a fine job of uh, really laying it out from both perspectives, uh, both touching on the political action and the apolitical action going on here in New Hampshire. If you've listened to the show before, uh, you know that Mark and myself and Wayne uh, were all Free State Project members. We've all moved to New Hampshire as part of this wonderful organization that's dedicated to move 20,000 liberty-loving activists to New Hampshire to get active and help spread the message of freedom. But you know, that's the general glossy version of uh, what is the Free State Project. And Kat really does a great job breaking it down, once again, from the Keen Free Press. Uh, she says, listening to Ian Bernard, that's me, answering questions about the Free State Project on a radio show on WKBK, I realized how much confusion there is about the project. And if you haven't heard that interview, it's posted on our website at freetalklive.com. You can hear me on the air for two hours, fielding phone calls, many of them about the Free State Project. Some people, they, they just, man, they didn't get it. Like, they think that it's, it was funny, actually. Many of them thought that it was some centrally controlled organization. That yeah, is, they, a lot of them thought, seemed to think that. That is uh, fund, you know, getting its funding from some billionaire or something like that and actually giving us money to move here. And, you know, those all, you know, they were worried about, wondering about the logistics of all of that. And, of course, they were completely wrong. There's no central control. There's no central decision making. It's, uh, it's like, like the Ron Paul movement. It's completely decentralized. Anyway. Uh, she says that uh, there are many facets to the Free State Project. The FSP as an idea, the FSP as an organization, and the people who make up the Free State Project. It is, uh, as an idea, what could happen if you got a whole bunch of people interested in small government together? The Free State Project as an organization tries to facilitate that idea. They do the advertising to recruit people to move to New Hampshire. The people who make up the FSP decide what it means to them to make the government smaller. Some want to work within the political system to reduce taxes, regulations, etc., and some work outside the system through disseminating ideas, persuasion, civil disobedience, and charity. The FSP as an idea started with Jason Sorens out of his studies of secessionist movements. He first published the idea in 2001 in the Libertarian Enterprise. Soon a website was set up to encourage people to sign the pledge. I hereby state my solemn intent to move to the state of New Hampshire. Once there, I will exert the fullest practical effort toward the creation of a society in which the maximum role of civil government is the protection of life, liberty, and property. That's the current pledge, and at that time, New Hampshire hadn't been yet chosen as the state. Sorens and others selected 10 states with a low population where they believed that 20,000 activists would have the greatest effectiveness. Uh, from those states, and uh, then she lists them all, members selected by vote New Hampshire as the best state to promote individual freedom and small government. And the reasons were, were legion. I mean, the fact is, New Hampshire won overwhelmingly in that state vote. And it's because it's the live free or die state. There's no state uh, personal income tax. There's no state sales tax. And uh, the, the legislature here has over 400 members. It's the largest legislative body in America and the third largest in the entire world. But it's a true citizen's legislature because they only get paid $100 a year, which in a sense is like term limits. So you don't have professional politicians running your state. Exactly. Uh, so there was a whole variety of reasons, but New Hampshire won. 
She goes on to say the uh, FSP as an organization took care of the vote, solicits donations, buys ads, sends speakers to various liberty-oriented events, and organizes two events per year inside New Hampshire, the Liberty Forum and Porkfest. Now, we've been telling you a lot about the Liberty Forum. It's coming up here within uh, days. Uh, in the beginning of January 3rd through the 6th, you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. But basically, all the activity of the Free State Project organization is geared toward recruiting liberty-minded people to move to New Hampshire. The two events the FSP sponsors tend to reflect two types of people that sign up for the project. The in-the-system people that want to make change through political uh, means, and the outside-the-system people. Both events encourage people to move by showing them New Hampshire and how much is happening with the people who've moved so far. And there is so much to talk about there. Um, Much of it we cover here on the air, but there's more than we could even probably possibly talk about. I mean, this isn't an FSP-only show, obviously, so we have to go elsewhere for focus. Sure, that wouldn't be very interesting. This is an entertainment show. Right, but there sure is a lot to to talk about, and you really have to be choosy. It doesn't fund, by the way, or direct that the FSP as an organization doesn't fund any of the activism that's all done by the members themselves. No, the FSP, the only thing they fund is advertising in order to get people to sign up for the Free State Project. Right. And it doesn't direct the activism either that happens with its members. Nope. Many members have nothing more to do with the FSP organization once they move. They've fulfilled their pledge. At that point, they're essentially granted staters. And many of them don't even report that they have moved. So Which no- is bad. They really should report They it. should, but, you know, they, they don't have to. Um, that wasn't... That wasn't part of the pledge. Some people continue to recruit and otherwise help the organization once they move to New Hampshire, and the FSP doesn't fund any individual's move to New Hampshire. They did set up a welcome wagon to help facilitate people's moves. Someone getting ready to move could contact the welcome wagon to get advice on where to move, how to find a job, and even to get help unloading the moving vans. There's no part of the organization which decides where people should move within New Hampshire. Among the people who've moved, there's lobbying that goes on to encourage people to move to their area. Keene, Manchester, and Grafton have big lobbies at the moment. But that's not part of the FSP organization. The money the FSP raises goes mainly to ads, the Liberty Forum, and Porkfest, and to administrative fees for things like the website. You can look over their financial statements if you want at the Free State Project website. Uh, it's run by a board of directors. But that's usually, riveting. Usually elected by the organizers, which is a group of activists doing things to promote the project. The board decides on major expenditures of money in the general direction of the recruiting process, but they have zero control over what the activists do once they move to New Hampshire. The board doesn't decide who joins the Free State Project, although they have kicked at least one person out. Now, the reason for that is uh, there's a there's a prohibition against essentially you know uh, someone who will threaten others or be uh, a racist. They're they're not interested in um, being allied in any way whatsoever with racists, and so that would be one reason that someone could get ejected. So there are reasons one can be ejected, but it very rarely happens. She says because the uh, the FSP is mainly an idea, they have very little control over what is done with their uh, that idea. And at that moment, I'd say the leadership of the FSP organization would like to see mainly political activism happening, but there's little they can do to enforce their desire. Leading libertarians has been described as akin to herding cats. <laughs> A person who moves to New Hampshire with I think the FSP with, ev- with everybody though. A new mover could have at least 20 strangers show up to help unload their moving van. Uh, and we've seen that happen, Mark. It, it, they helped us move in, and uh, we've helped people move in. It's just an amazing process. When that person gets here, he's faced with this, the decision. Well, what do I do now? Well, there are many pl- possibilities. Some people are just here to vote, and that's the extent of their activism. Some people join up with various liberty-oriented groups that already existed in New Hampshire, like the Coalition of New Hampshire Taxpayers or Gun Owners of New Hampshire. Some have even started their own organizations, like the Liberty Scholarship Fund. 
tell you a little bit more, and then we'll talk to uh, a man from the Republican Liberty Caucus. Bill Westmiller is on the line. We'll find out what he's got to talk about here in moments and hear from you as well. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, we've got them archived right there on the front page of the website. You just click and download. It's that simple. Go to freetalklive.com and grab them up. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. We're telling you a little bit about the Free State Project, because Kat Canning at the Keen Free Press has done a fine job of really laying it out there. What is the Free State Project? I mean, we talk about it from time to time on Free Talk Live, and and they are a sponsor of the show. Um, So she's gotten into quite a bit of detail about how the Free State Project is nothing more than an organization dedicated to encouraging liberty-loving people to move to New Hampshire and to become activists. Because that's what it's really all about, is getting activists to move to New Hampshire. If you just love freedom, but you just want to, you know, not do anything about it, well, it's fine if you move to New Hampshire. We certainly won't stop you. We'd love to have you here. But what we really want is people who are going to talk to others, people who are going to go and, you know, reach out or, or do something in the world of activism. And that can mean all kinds of different things. It can mean, you know, uh, Wayne, you're kind of like a programmer kind of guy. You can stay behind the scenes and you can work on websites and that sort of thing. Mark and I, we're on a radio show. Of course, you are too. But my point is people with different interests don't have to do the same thing when it comes to activism. You could do something like uh, Sam, who called in earlier, go down to the courthouse and hand out fully informed jury association uh, pamphlets to people. So there's all kinds of uh, levels of activism. But the point is, the Free State Project wants people to do something to help achieve liberty in our lifetime. And that's all the organization exists for, is to to encourage those people to move here to New Hampshire and and get active. Kat points out that... uh, when you get here, there's all kinds of things to do already. There are plenty of organizations you can join, you can become a part of and get active. You can do political action. You can do apolitical stuff outside of the system stuff. Uh, she points out that some people have come here and started their own organizations, uh, such as the Liberty uh, Scholarship Fund, as well as the, the what is it, um, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. That mm. was started by Free State Project members. And I'm a member. Uh, and some some uh, some people are doing their t- their own TV shows. Um, it's not just radio. There's television production going on. In fact, Mark and I I think are going to Concord on Friday to appear on one of those yeah, shows. Yeah, it's Friday. As a matter of fact. Uh, so we'll give you more information about that when it happens. Anyway, she says, I would say the majority of people who've moved to New Hampshire with the Free State Project are working on the Ron Paul campaign at the moment. Some of us are vehemently opposed to politics in principle and work outside the system. Some outside the system activity has included civil disobedience, the Keen Free Press, movie making, radio shows, the Liberty Scholarship Fund, highway litter cleanup, and protests on various subjects such as eminent domain, property rights, taxes, and torture. People who've moved with the FSP describe themselves as libertarians, republicans, democrats, anarchists, voluntarists. It's not one homogenous group. 
I would guess the majority call themselves libertarian, with Republican being second. People don't show up in New Hampshire and get their marching orders from anyone. That'd be very unlibertarian. Each has to make the decision for himself what he thinks will be the most effective at creating the society he wants to live in. We don't even agree on what that society should look like. Some want a little less government. Some want none at all. How the activism happens? Someone has an idea, puts it out there, and sees if anyone agrees or joins in. There's no big funding of any of the activism going on among free staters that I know of. We use online forums to get the word out about what's happening, along with various in-person get-togethers, which occur regularly. Anyone's welcome to drop in on these events to ask questions and see what we're doing and join in. And that's kind of one of the neat hallmarks of some of the activism that's going on here, is that it's all out in the open. There's no, nobody's hiding. I mean, there might be some people hiding things, but as far as the activism is concerned that I've been encountered, uh, all of it's discussed online, it's discussed in person. Uh, it wouldn't be hard for anybody to infiltrate because there's no privacy here. I mean, we talk about everything we're doing in advance. This weekend, on Saturday, there's going to be a UN flag burn. Anybody's invited to show up. It's not just a free state or thing. It's organized by Free State Project members, but it's something that's open to the public. You likely would have to dislike the UN. Well, most likely, yeah, and I don't imagine why any U.N. supporters would show up at such a thing. But we went last year, all three of us were there, and it was a, it was a good time. I think we're going to go again. Anyway, she says, what kind of people leave their friends and family to move across the country for an idea? There have been many families, lots of single men, a high concentration of computer whizzes. Many of us are homeschoolers, gun owners. There are pilots, students, lawyers, handymen. What you're not likely to find among us is anyone on welfare. We all have one idea. The government is too big. And she goes and she points to uh, the Free State Project website. You can read some stories there from people who have moved. And there are people moving all the time. I mean, even in the dead of winter, new people are coming here. We've got this meeting that happens weekly uh, here in the Keene area. And one of our listeners uh, found the show, found Free Talk Live through our interview of Ron Paul. So once again, we were talking earlier in the show about how this, you know, the Ron Paul movement has has just gotten so much activism done. There's been s- such a, a flurry of activism surrounding the Ron Paul campaign. It's just been um, incredible. And here's one real-life example of that. Because we interviewed Ron Paul, somebody found that interview online, thereby finding Free Talk Live, because he was obviously already into Ron Paul, found Free Talk Live through our interview of Ron Paul, kept listening to the show, heard us talking about the Free State Project, signed up for the Free State Project, and is now living here in Keene, New Hampshire. What was that, two months ago? Two months ago. Wow. You want to talk about decisive. Just, I was stunned when I heard that story. I mean, because, you know, it took me a while to decide to join the Free State Project, and then, you know, it took me a while to tie up all my loose ends and actually end up deciding to move and actually move. And this guy, bing, bang, boom, he's done in two months, and here he is. Some people can do that, but there's a lot of people in this country who probably feel like they're living on the wrong planet now. Sure. And when you can find a place or or you know of a place that where people are more like-minded, where you don't feel alone, like you don't feel like people are looking at you like you're a kook, right. then you want to live there. You want to feel welcome. And that's what the uh, the Free Staters do a great job of doing, is welcoming new people to New Hampshire yeah. and making them feel at home. For instance, uh, a few weeks ago, there were, there were at least two different Thanksgiving dinners that I knew of uh, going on in different parts of the state that... Free staters were invited to, because if you move away from your family and your friends, you might feel a little lonely at that sort of time of year. You've got somewhere to go. You've got people who are interested in spending time with you, and it's just its just an amazing group of people, which leads me to ask, why is Bill Westmiller still in California? Bill, from uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus, you're on the line on Free Talk Live. 
I was in New Hampshire for the Liberty Forum, and uh, the RLC, of course, is a sponsor of the forum and uh, other and the show. Uh, free state project events and that sort of thing. But I'm really disappointed. How so? Here, I, I thought the Free State Project was one of the secret international conspiracies to reduce every government to the size of a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, not. it is. Uh, it's, uh, darn. I was hoping I was in on something here. Are you coming back this year? I didn't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't noticed you on the list of people at the the Liberty Forum. Are you going to be attending? Not for the not for the winter uh, session. Uh, maybe the summer session. For I'm the looking Port at my schedule. Oh, cool. Um, cool. But uh, no, I, I spent four years in Canada, so uh, I, I've had my fill. You've had all the snow you can handle. <laughs> So, Bill, I, all I, I asked you specifically to call in because I uh, read the Ron Paul 2008 uh, forum posts, and uh, you'll often put your commentary on there, and I look forward to reading that commentary. And I figured that uh, you know some of my listeners probably don't read that, and pro- well, probably most of them, and I wanted you to sort of give me uh, update us on the Ron Paul campaign, some of the things well, that, uh, I, from I, your point I, of view. No, this is not the Ron Paul show, so I, uh, I have a particular topic that I want to talk about. Well, we'll have to call it the revolution blimp. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The RP blimp. <laughs> you can do that. That's fine. Uh, but all of your listeners can uh, can now read my commentaries because uh, uh, I was uh, throwing in a lot of comments here and there on the on the e group mm-hmm. and decided it was probably better to do it on a blog kind of basis. So uh, if your listeners go to nolancharts.com. They'll find my column there discussing all kinds of different issues. That's uh, Nolan Charts, plural, Nolan Charts. Singular. Singular. Nolan Chart. NolanChart.com. And and it's called West Coast Views, right? West Coast Views. Well, let's get some of your views here in a moment. More with Bill Westmiller. Uh, He is uh, involved with the RLC. We'll talk more with him in a moment. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to FTLDiscount.com. Read some real testimonials. Find out how to order. That's FTLDiscount.com. If you've got a question for Bill or just want to bring up whatever's on your mind, dial on in, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you sneak it in now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you want to help out the show, then become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you can help us advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. And get us on more radio stations across the country, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So if uh, that's something you think you could spare three bucks a month for, go to amp.freetalklive.com live.com and get signed up. You'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only chat room and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. And the new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet with a blue LED light to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster. Get your blaster at, at zerotoys.com, as well as some other really cool sci-fi kind of geeky toys. That's ZeroToys.com. We go back to Bill Westmiller. Uh, the are you still the chairperson of the Republican Liberty Caucus, Bill? I am still the chairperson of the Republican. But Liberty I am Party, being told that you are not done. calling tonight as the chair. You're calling tonight as Bill Westmiller. I am indeed Bill Westmiller. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's only because I don't want to be speaking on behalf of the RLC because we're talking about a variety of different things where the RLC may or may not have taken the position. So. Okay. I'm not speaking in an official capacity. 
So what is it that uh, you uh, had called to share with us tonight? Uh, well, you, there is a new uh, Free State uh, member uh, by the name of Trevor Lyman. Yes. Yes. The yes. 500th mover, uh, the 500th rather in-state member of the Free State Project. He has recently yeah. moved to New Hampshire from Miami, and he's the guy that created the Ron Paul money bomb. Exactly, and he's the one that uh, started up the Tea Party, and um, he uh, was the one that started uh, the plans for the Ron Paul blimp. That's amazing. After yeah, he's done uh, with Ron Paul, I need to hire him to promote Free Talk Live's AMP program. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know whether your uh, listeners had heard or not, but the, there has been a delay in the blimp launching. They had hoped to do it Monday, oh, no. uh, and now it looks like Friday. But they're hoping it'll be there for the Boston Tea Party on the 16th. Oh, I'm sure it will. What, what's well, what delighted? fascinated me was because uh, Trevor is, is a good example of a kind of spontaneous libertarian individualist activism that goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when the Ron Paul blimp idea first started, uh, he had a website and was taking pledges and so on. And then suddenly, without much explanation, it turned into a for-profit corporation. And that confused a lot of people. And so I did a little research because... Having been a congressional candidate, I knew about APC rules and that sort of thing, um, and discovered that uh, they had found a unique way to evade the Federal Election Commission regulations in order to raise the $350,000 to get this blimp off the ground. And so I've written a lengthy article called uh, Ron Paul Blimp Soars Over Bikra, um, primarily motivated because, uh, of course, some of the left-wing press said, oh, well, the, the Ron Paulers are hacking the FEC code. Mm-hmm. And, hacking uh, the know, FEC they're trying, code. And trying to get away with murder here, you know, subterfuge, secret conspiracies kind of stuff. But the media overall is very excited about it. What actually happened was that they hired a consultant who was a former chairman of the Federal Election Commission that just mm-hmm. resigned last year. Uh, and he told them, here's how you do it. You do not form a political action committee. You do not form a uh, 527 or a nonprofit corporation. You form a business. And what you do is you're simply selling services to individuals. Now, the limits for contributions to a campaign is $2,300. correct. Limits for contributions to a PAC is $5,000. But you as an individual can spend whatever you want and all you need to do is just report that you spent the money on behalf of a particular campaign. You can't talk to the campaign. You can't organize with anybody else. You are just acting as an individual. Right. So what these so, guys are doing is they're going to put this blimp up there, and they're accepting, they're accepting uh, sales, if you will, of people share. buying time for the blimp. Exactly. Hmm. Advertising space. It's basically they're treating it as though it were a media company, like a television station or radio station or something like that, which, of course, are totally exempt from all the FEC regulations. All exactly. they're doing is selling advertising, selling time. That's all they're doing. But what has put it off? I mean, why is it, uh, what has the delay been? Oh, well, it, normally when you get the, this huge blimp, I mean, the, I think the U.S. Navy had it uh, for a year before uh, uh, um, Trevor nailed it down. But it can take months to get just the banners themselves manufactured because they have to be very lightweight uh, hmm. Uh, banners that are put on the blimp itself. Okay. That, that normally takes months. Well, they got the commitment three weeks ago, and they they found uh, the company that uh, that makes the signs, and they they're Ron Paul supporters, and the blimp uh, company owner was a Ron Paul supporter. Wow! And everybody agreed to work overtime to get the signs done as soon as possible, but it still took a week and a half to get it done. 
instead of a week. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're going to be putting it on, putting the banners on the blimp. Okay, uh, I was worried for a moment there, Bill. I was worried the reason they d- get, didn't get it done was because some FEC bureaucrat stepped in the way and started messing with things. I'm glad it was just a, t- a technical difficulty. Just uh, well, It's not really a technical difficulty. It's practically a miracle that they got these signs done <laughs> in the short amount of time they did because it could have taken until uh, March before I mean, normal companies would have been able to do this. So it was just a total coincidence that the blimp owner and the sign manufacturer happened to be Ron Paul supporters? Yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, Trevor called around a couple of different blimp companies, and there are only like two or three of them, and was talking uh, to one of the um, uh, blimp um, uh, salesmen, and he said, oh, yeah, my boss is a big fan of Ron Paul. The world is going to change, Bill. <laughs> I'm sure of it. The world is going to change. Well, it's inevitable. <laughs> Hopefully it'll change in the right direction. So... So, so anyway, they, they've got all the money they need, uh, and they're still selling time um, on, on the blimp because uh, presumably it's going to go on after uh, uh, the January primaries. Well, right, because when you say they have all the money they need, you mean they have enough money to get them through the next week or so, but they need continuing contributions to keep that blimp in the air in different locations. I know they want to fly it over New York City and D.C., exactly. Disney World, I mean, all right. kinds of places. That's, and it's so valuable. If you had a, um, if you had a uh, billboard in one of those the, those towns, and not everybody would be able to see it. I mean, blimps are pretty rare. Right. People look up at those things. I mean, a New York, Manhattan, what, 17 million people work on Manhattan during the day, yeah. um, during a weekday. I mean, that's an incredible, incredible uh, what it, cost per point. It still works very well. And then Disney Well, the World, intriguing thing about it is that it isn't just a blimp. They're going to have radio-controlled mini-blimps. They're going to be flying around down low with the Ron Paul logo on it. Oh, boy. Buzzing people and and very easy to see and very attention-getting. They're going to have spotlights at night to light up the blimp. That's perfect. People driving around in the evening will be able to see it. All kinds of uh, fantastic. And, of course, they're giving rides to media and reporters and that sort of thing to get a little bit of ink. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to leverage that into all kinds of news coverage, which is brilliant. Even without the blimp so far, Ron's been doing pretty good in some national polls. He's going up, up. He's got uh, upward momentum, as as they call it. Mm -hmm. Um, What, uh, Bill, what's your understanding sort of uh, where he's at in Iowa, New Hampshire, nationally? I heard something good um, went on in uh, Alaska on a TV station, had a poll or something, and he was supposed to win the Alaskan caucus. Yeah, it's it's. Um, uh, I, I have an article on the uh, NolanChart.com about the blimp, but I have another one called "Ron Paul Can Win Big" on that same site, and you'll find it. In the I like the title list. of that one. <laughs> and what I did was I took all the national polls and the, the main uh, state uh, polls for the first uh, early primaries, the five early primaries, and I did one of these mathematical uh, uh, spreadsheet projection things. And figured out that by January, mid-January, Ron Paul will be in the 15 to 20 percent range on all five states. Hmm. And if you go to the website uh, and click on the, on the little graph I, I drew, you, you can actually download the Excel spreadsheet and look at the numbers to see whether you think they're credible, credible or not. So these states but, um, are Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, and Michigan? Exactly. Okay. It's Nevada. Um, and I think I Nevada. threw in Florida at the end, yeah. They get um, and, and all of them are moving in what's becoming very quickly an exponential curve. Now, if he gets into the 15 to 20 percent range, uh, with five people in the race, he could win any one of those primaries or any one of those caucuses. I really think he's going to win. Uh, I really believe that he's going to win New Hampshire. But you know, I, well, it, what what my estimation is, and I, I'm working right now on an analysis for the Iowa 
caucuses because that's obviously the first one coming up in January. Um, and the winner takes about 30, 35%, and it looks like Huckabee's going to do that. But second place is is very close around the 17 to 21% range. So if Ron's numbers go up from 3 to 5 to 8%, they are now, mm-hmm. to 10% to 12% to 15% by January 5th, he could easily be in second place ahead of Romney in, in Iowa. If he cool. comes in second place in Iowa, then he's all over New Hampshire. I, he can beat Huckabee, that's for sure. Uh, I, you know. I'm, well, you remember that Huckabee is, is appealing to the religious right, just like uh, Robertson did back in uh, 2000. And Robertson won the Iowa primary in 2000. But then totally disappeared. Well, yeah. if you want more of uh, Bill Westmiller's analysis, political analysis, number crunching and all of that, go and see his blog. It's nolanchart.com. Right, Bill? Got it. All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. I pour over that stuff. I appreciate wanna... the expertise. <laughs> hey, it's Benny in here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We'll join you again tomorrow night, and you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.